Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Smoke Break Sports. I am Kev, and it is that time of year. The NBA All-Star break is nearly upon us. So let's look at the first half of every team's body of work and uh, jump to some conclusions here. So as part of aforementioned conclusion jumping, I want to go ahead and name an MVP. I've been hearing a lot of talk, a lot, a lot of talk about this particular subject. And of course, I wouldn't be me if I didn't put my opinion up against my alleged betters, my brothers in arms when it comes to the talking heads of the sports world. So let's start with the usual suspects. I'm going to do... Let's call it a top five. I don't know that I'll limit it. We're probably going to end up through context discussing more than just the five, what I would call MVP finalists for the first half. So let's work our way up to our first half MVP. This is part of a small series of uh, topics that we'll be going over the rest of the week. We're going to look at if the playoffs started today, uh, who would be in, who would be out, make our predictions for who will actually be in the playoffs and at about what seed they will be. So we're going to fill that whole thing out. We're also going to preview the all-star game and the all-star festivities because if some of you may have noticed, especially when it comes to the dunk contest, there are some new names, some, some people you might not know anything about, but I of course do, and I'm here to help you. So here we go. That is for later. For now, let's talk about our MVP candidates. The name I hear quite frequently these days as a MVP frontrunner is one Mr. James Harden. Now, when it comes to his output since he got to Brooklyn, I cannot and will not argue against the case for him being uh, in the top three for the MVP conversation. However, we are looking at the entire first half of the season, not just the portion of the season in which people decide that they want to play. So um, you got to look at the whole body of work, and that includes the paltry performances in Houston while James was passing up no-look passes for plates of chicken wings. And maybe, I mean, there were rumors at times that this dude was putting on a fat suit. I mean, that's just the idea, whether or not any of it's true, the idea that he performed so poorly and treated himself poorly enough for people to even come up with that, it just says almost more than I would need to say for the remainder of this program. So... Uh, again, now when it's all said and done, I think when we get to the real end of the season MVP argument, I think James Harden is going to be right there with uh, these other guys that we're talking about, and he may be in the top two. He may freaking win it all when the time comes for the full season, the actual MVP to be named. But his negative points, as I see them for now, are the poor start in Houston and the fact that his stats have gone up when he joined KD and Kyrie. Now, of course, Kyrie missed some games early. KD has missed a lot of games recently, and so he's only had 
For the most part, he's had one or the other. But there are some other guys who I'm going to make cases for who haven't had a KD or a Kyrie, some of whom have missed their second and third best player for almost the entirety of the first half of this season, who I think are more deserving for a potential MVP nod. So for that reason, James Harden is not in my top three. Now, whether he's four or five, yeah, I'm not really sure. That's not the point. The point is I wanted to name some finalists. Right now, his, he's, he's right there. He's fringed here, we'll call it. He's right around. He's uh, at the edge of the cup, so to speak. Another argument I've heard is for Jokic, Mr. Nikola Jokic. And uh, right off the bat, let's talk about some of the valid points for why you would consider him an MVP candidate. His PER is historical. It's the best ever. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. So as of right now, he's one of the most efficient players of all time, or at least this, this half season has been one of the, if has been the most efficient half of an NBA season that we've ever seen. He is, uh, to borrow a, a, a baseball phrase. He's a five tool player really for being a guy who's so big. Uh, he can, he handles the ball well for his size He's averaging like eight assists from the center uh, spot. And, of course, he can uh, do things inside and outside with the ball and is a decent enough rim protector. Um, just so many things there for you to make the case. The really the knock against him is the fact that despite all of those things I just said, his team finds, himself, finds themselves in the seventh seed in the West right now. They're 20 and 15 you would think that they could do a little better uh, than what they have done so far. And so for that, it's really hard to uh, put a guy as your MVP. This would be like, again, to borrow from baseball, this would be almost the equivalent of Andre Dawson winning the MVP. To be most valuable, don't you need to contribute to wins and losses? That is my opinion. So we're going to keep Nokic again off that top tier. He would not be quite finalist, but he is right up there getting jiggy with it, keeping keeping up with what we now go into, which is our three finalists. So number three is the one, the only LeBron James, who's averaging 26, 8, and 8 for the Lakers. He was... Uh, Number one in uh, win shares right now. Uh, Top 10 defender for his position. He is also, I think, top 10 in the league in turnovers right now. It's one of the knocks against him. But this is not an argument of, oh, for his age, he's having a great season. For anyone's age, he's having a phenomenal season. The fact that Anthony Davis has been out, and although... Uh, the Lakers have struggled with him out. Uh, they still overall, if you look at their first half body of work, LeBron, I think the, the argument is made for itself that he should be in contention. I don't currently have him at number one, but again, by the end of the season, he if he gets a chance to rest, if some of these trades that are potentially happening with the Lakers or if uh, somehow the Cavs can come to terms with Andre Drummond and buy him out and, and he goes to L.A. instead of Brooklyn, uh, I would be 
surprised if that happens, but if whether it's him or Whiteside or hopefully not Blake Griffin, because Blake Griffin doesn't actually solve any of the problems the Lakers have, one way or the other, if the Lakers are able to add some depth to the front court, because they need it, make no mistake, they need it whether or not Anthony Davis comes back, because Marcus Saul has been a bit of a disappointment. They are they have been unable to fill the void that has been left by JaVel McGee and Dwight Howard. They need somebody to play some defense, get some rebounds. But this is about LeBron, and LeBron has had a great season so far. It's it's mind boggling that this is his 18th season and that he's doing it this well at this age. But that's not the point of the award. It is not a career achievement award. It's not the Old Man River Player of the Year award. It is the most valuable player. And for now, he's right up there. He's a finalist for us here at SBS. But I don't quite want to hand him my MVP trophy. Moving to the East Coast. This is a name that I've heard a lot in the last couple of days. It's sort of... Uh, now, we've been hearing about this guy because he's put up some monster numbers. He's had some crazy games, multiple 40-point games, had a 50-point game in there, uh, just doing some nasty things. But as it's heated up towards the end of this first half, all of a sudden he has leapfrogged some of these other guys that we've been talking about or that other people have been talking about. And that is Joel Embiid. So he leads the currently... First place in the East, uh, Philadelphia 76ers with a record of 24-12. and 12. They are holding on for dear life against the Nets, who finally took a loss. The Nets are 9-1 and one in their last 10 games and sit at 24-13. and 13. Milwaukee, uh, not too far behind, 21-14. and 14, But Joel Embiid has been undoubtedly the leader of the number one team in the East. And as, as previously mentioned, he's had 40-point games that are double-doubles. Uh, he's had triple-doubles. He's had 50-point games. Uh, he has been uh, both a beast in the paint, which is where you need him to be, uh, offensively and uh, defensively. He's really upped his game. He seems to be in better shape. He's moving up and down the floor. And uh, a bit of a surprise, right? This was uh, I have been one who has made fun of the whole trust-the-process thing for quite some time. And I may be finally eating my words because Joel Embiid seems to be the truth. And I, for one, am rooting for this to continue. I would love to see a strong second half from Joel and Philly because it just makes for a more interesting NBA season. But, nonetheless, I do not have his name on my MVP trophy for the first half. No, no, no. No, 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 folks. It's not that easy. Check back with me at the end of the year. I may change my tune, but drum roll, please, on your end, not mine. Whom is left? Who is left? Whom do we have to give this illustrious SBS first half MVP award to? Well, I'll tell you, folks. And for those of you who listen to my all-star snub podcast, episode you probably have already figured it out my first half mvp is dame dalla damian lillard of portland trailblazer fame the blazers are currently sitting in the five spot they are 20 and 14 trailing the lakers clippers the red hot phoenix suns holy crap 
Am I going to catch some shit if the sun stay this hot? Don't even, y'all, be on the lookout for Sean B because he's coming for me. All right, LaMelo Ball's having a hot first half, and the Suns are number two in the West. I am going to have to go into witness protection, y'all. And, of course, the on-fire Utah Jazz, who still haven't even lost 10 games yet. Just busting it out in Utah. But back down to the fifth seed, where we were talking about Dame Dalla and the surprisingly fifth seed Portland Trailblazers. And the reason that's surprising is because Nurkic has been out. C.J. McCollum has been out. So, for those of you who haven't figured it out, what I mentioned earlier... This is our boy who has been missing his two best supporting cast members and yet has led his team to 20 and 14. They are right in the thick of it. Uh, now, one of these hot Western Conference teams would have to fall off in order for Portland to have a hope at a home field advantage in the first round of any playoff series. But the fact remains where we dropped Jokic for having... Uh, not the best record at, at 20 and 15. His team has all of its pieces, I, you know, because I, I can hear what you're saying to me already. There's a, a half game difference here in record. Well, that's that's not all of it. Dame has been clutch. He had one of his worst games of the season right here, right before the end of the half. I had a horrible shooting night at least, but when the time came, when he needed to make that clutch shot, he made it. He has been, if you look at this roster the way it is currently built, this team has no business even being in the playoffs. Um, you know, you'd be surprised to see this team outdoing uh, Golden State and, and, and Dallas, who has come all the way back from their horrible start, uh, better than San Antonio. Again, this team has a better record than the Denver Nuggets, and, and it's all because of Dame. And that's what we're here talking about. We're talking about the most valuable player if you remove Dame Lillard from Portland, what happens? This is always another metric that I like to use. It's not all stats and figures. Sometimes it's the eye test as well. And what would happen to Portland if Dame was not there? You think this team is in the middle of the playoff chase if Dame is out? I mean, you could almost bring, if you could magically snap your fingers and McCullum and Nurkic were healthy and Dame wasn't there, is this team a playoff team? I tend to think not. I understand when I hear people say, you know, should Dame look to leave Portland? Because look at what he's doing with nothing. Can you imagine if Dame Lillard was in a situation where he got to pair with just one other NBA superstar? Because I know McCullum is good. He's had all-star-ish seasons. He's a very talented player, but he is to, not, to me, a superstar. When you look at Dame Lillard and what he has to compete against in the West and the fact that he's got his team right there fighting for it, they're 6-4 and four out of their last 10 with him having to muscle man his way through it virtually all by himself. That is why he is crowned our first half MVP. Fight me if you want. I don't give a shit. Just do it on Twitter on Instagram or on Facebook at Smoke Break Sports, or you can come talk shit to me at SmokeBreakSports.com. I welcome all challengers. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why you're right. And in the meantime, have a good fucking night.